You know, uh, when people purposely acknowledge your good points and your strengths and they purposely minimize or ignore your weaknesses and your failures, what is that? That's grace. That's grace. So we've received a lot of grace. Um, There could be probably some other evaluations of our 26 years, and thank you for not going there. Uh, I am I am grateful, and I want to say for Carolyn, too, for all your note, notes and words of encouragement. It, it really has been a, a sweet time for us, and, and a sort of a mixture of emotions, obviously. I'm, I'm so grateful to be part of the elders and the staff for these years. This is, this is a sweet group of people. Um, God has done something wonderful here over the years. We've been witnesses to it. We've been able to be part of it, and we're, we are just grateful to God. I want, at this moment particularly, um, to honor my wife um, for her faithfulness. Um, we have been married for mm, 41 years. Changes every year. Um, I wish that I could convey to you how much she loves the church and how much she loves you and how invested she has been in my life and in the life of the church Um, She is the one who has the wisdom, the one who gives me encouragement and insight, corrects me sometimes. Don't do that. That's stupid. Can you imagine, uh, ladies, can you imagine sitting in the front row and listening to your husband preach for 26 years? (laughs) Think about that for a moment. And you'll realize what an incredible woman this is. Um, I mean, just the whole idea. I mean, she knows me, right, really well. And she's still here. And which I, I am really grateful. Um, this is a wonderful church. This is a wonderful church. Um, I had I've had a couple meals together with Dave Teixeira, who we'll introduce in a few minutes. I promise. Um, and I just told him. I think the first time we got together, I said, "Dave, this is a wonderful place. Um, if God calls you here, it will be a wonderful place to minister, and you will be grateful, and God will bless you here." And our people will love you and receive you and listen to you and respond to you. I told him that, that you are a very responsive congregation, that our church family, when we decide something is God's will and we say, will you please join us and, and support this and be involved in it, our people respond. And, and they will respond to you and this will, be, this will be a wonderful place to serve. And he nodded his head and now he's about to find out. And, um, it has been a great privilege for me to be the pastor here, um, more than I can even begin to express. There's only been a few times when I've stood against a wall and hammered my head against it and <laughs> said, why in the world did I ever do this? Only a few times in 26 years, which is really good, actually. And it's been a great... And you think about the job. I mean, how good of a job is it for them to give you a salary to study the Bible and then to teach it? I mean, this is like really a great job. Be able to love people and, and to be able to just invest in your life, to declare the gospel, to talk about Jesus again and again, um, to be paid for that and to be encouraged and honored, um, to see the change in your lives. Uh, you saw the pictures, you know, back when I had some hair and looked a little better. Well, look at some pictures of you for 26 years. And you'll, so. I'd like to see some of those. It's fascinating how we do that. We don't get, whoa, they didn't look too bad back then. So, <laughs> But we change. We're people. We change all the time, right? And God's changing. This is just one more small change, one more transition. 
And one of the great joys of being a pastor is to be able to see the changes in people's lives, to see how you have persevered, how so many of you have. I, I mean, I could go around the room here and, and the last hour or two, and I could, I could tell you I know some of the heartache and the struggle that you've experienced, and I know some of the things you've wrestled with, and I know just a little bit about how it is that God has led in your life, and God has changed you. And God is changing you. He's blessing you and he's, he's helping you to follow him. He's doing wonderful things in your life. And you don't understand a lot of it, I know. But you, so many of God's people right here have been so faithful to the Lord and faithful to the church. Uh, we have had some difficult times. And so many of you have stood firm and said, this is my church family. And I want to see God bless it. And so I'm going to stay and pray and give and serve and and to see the ways in which you have served and invested in other people and reached out in, in the love of Jesus Christ, I mean, it just blesses me. So many people have said so many wonderful things to us in the past uh, few days, and you know, particularly actually the past few months. And, and I want to tell you that we are blessed to see what God is doing in your life. This is what, this is what God is about. He's about changing us for his glory. It's been sweet to see you learn to love him more and more and to learn to love each other. As I look into the future for Cedar Mill Bible Church, I'm, I'm just delighted and so grateful to God for what he's doing among us and how he's bringing both healing and new strength, how he's bringing new people among us with so many amazing gifts, uh, how he is uniting us together in unity and calling us to serve him in new ways, how he's launching some of you out in ways that you never, ever thought would ever happen, and how many of you have been so faithful for, for so many, how many of you have been faithful to your families, to your husbands, to your wives. I want to tell you there's, there's nothing better than to be a pastor and see God's work in your life. Part of this good work has been to see this transition unfold. I told you months ago, remember I said I, it has been my prayer from the beginning when we first started talking about that this would be a peaceful and joyful transition. Remember that? And, and I told you that churches can do this badly and where it's not peaceful nor joyful. And so we're asking God to guide us through it, give us his wisdom. And, and we prayed as elders, Lord, will you help the people to respond and to see this is just one more thing that God has called us to trust him in. And I want to say to you, I want to bless you as God's people here. You have responded with submission and humility and peace and joy. And, and I want to tell you also that we've just only begun this transition thing. You know that, don't you? So what I want you to particularly do is I want you to keep praying and I want you to keep asking God. And then I, I want to ask you a personal favor for me. And I know the elders will share this. I want you to love this family that we have called here. I want you to reach out and love them uh, something like you loved us so many years ago. It was, it was a tremendous gift for Carolyn and me and our sons to have this church family wrap their arms around us and say, you are one of us. And we are so glad that you're here. And that has, that has not stumbled nor failed in 26 years. I ask you to do the same thing for Dave and for Amy. I ask you to be patient with them, to love them, give them a chance to share their heart with you, and just and pray for them. Will you do that, my friends? Will you do that? This is crucial. In a couple of weeks, he's going to stand right here and he's going to talk to you out of his own heart. And and may God give him a thousand sermons to give you also and more. Okay, so 
I do want to tell you that, of course, there is some sadness in our hearts about this whole thing because there's just sadness in it. How, how can we deny that? We wouldn't even want to deny that there's sadness because there's deep love in our hearts for you. so many of you, all of you as a church family, and, and we are invested in you. And, and, but at the same time, there's this sadness. There's this parallel, equal amount of joy and anticipation that, that we're sort of wrestling with, if you will. The sense of joy and anticipation is the sense that God is doing a new thing in the church that we deeply love. And we do want the best for Cedar Mill Bible Church. And so we are really excited actually about what is happening among us in these days. And as we personally look at the future, we are, we are greatly excited about a ministry that we didn't really know God was going to call us to. And it's sort of unfolded, unfolded and is unfolding still now. And we believe it's deeply biblical and right and so deeply needed that someone would invest in the lives of the next generation of pastors and church leaders. We are largely a lonely lot, us preacher types. And I want to tell you that there are people needed to mentor and encourage. Carolyn is mentoring women now, and, and we want to do this both here at home. We're not going to move. We're going to stay in our home. We're going to be invested in people's lives right here. We hope we'll continue to invest in your lives as God gives us opportunity. And then we're going to travel around the world to some of the neediest places in the world where the need is so great. And we think this is wonderful. So I want to say to you that God has given to us like a new vision. We, we have served uh, two church families for 42 years. And we've invested in these two church families for this 40 plus years. And now God's given us an opportunity to reach out and to invest in the kingdom of heaven and hopefully many churches. So we ask that you would pray for us in, in the days ahead. I want to thank you for today. And we are blessed. Now, take your Bible, would you? We just have a few minutes. They took some of my preaching time with all this thank you stuff. So, John chapter 6. Will you turn there? John chapter 6. This is one of the places that has so greatly influenced me, and I want to just leave one word with you. Well, maybe more than one word. One main message with you, if you, if you will receive it. When I'm doing well, and when I'm full of faith, and when I'm encouraged, and optimistic, then this chapter has fed my soul. And when I'm needy and when I'm particularly maybe uncertain or discouraged, this chapter has been used again and again in my life for God to feed me. And so I want to just lift it up before you. John chapter 6, an amazing place in the Word of God. Do you have a Bible? Lift it up and let me see it one more time. God bless you. Those of you who have phones... God bless you, I guess. <laughs> I, I just, I'm just not quite right with that yet. I'm sorry. I just, what can I say? But God will forgive you and it will be okay. I like the idea of carrying your Bible around, you know, and just hitting people with the Bible every now and then. So I can't do that with a phone. Okay. John chapter 6. John chapter 6 is this amazing place. And you, you, you and just look at it in the Bible. Uh, Look at the and you see, of course, that it's about the feeding of the five thousand. That amazing miracle where Jesus is suddenly sort of confronted with five thousand hungry people, and he multiplies loaves and fish, and they feed them all. He gives it to the disciples, and they carry. And it's just it's it's just really an incredible deal. There's just a whole bunch of sermons in that all by itself. 
And then Jesus goes up on the mountainside to pray, but before he does that, he sends his disciples away. And now it's evening has come, and they, they get in, they're right beside the, the Sea of Galilee, and they get in the boat, you remember, and they launch out, and they're rowing across because they're trying to get to the other side of the sea, and Jesus is going to you know, come and meet them there, and they have no idea how he's going to do that, but he, they obey, and so they get in their boat. And you know, in the middle of the night, the storm comes up, remember this whole thing? The storm comes up, and Jesus comes to them walking on the water, which is, like, so cool. So... And then, you know, when you keep reading, then they're on the other side of the lake. And then the people, by the way, who are these thousands of people, many of whom have become his disciples, have figured out where he's gone. And they've gone around the lake and they have found him there. And that's where we are in John chapter 6, about verse 30 or so. And then Jesus begins to teach them because now they have all these people who he has fed and they're going to want to make him king and he begins to teach them, and he's trying. And now he's trying to teach them about the real meaning of why he did the bread and the fish. He did it for a couple of reasons. One is because they were hungry, and the other thing, because Jesus believes in feeding hungry people. And the other thing, reason he did it was because he wanted to teach them about real bread. And so he begins to describe himself as the bread of life, and how I'm the bread of life that's come down out of heaven. He begins to say these things to them, and people are going, what? Now, if you've read the Bible, you're fairly familiar with this, but they never heard words like this before, like verse 35, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Who can say anything like that but Jesus? And you keep reading down like verse 40. Jesus said, everyone who looks to the Son, that is the Son of God, and believes in him will have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. You expect him to be raised up on the last day? How good is that? Wow. And, and so you know this, right? Verse 50, Jesus says again, I am the living bread that came down out of heaven. They're looking at a man and he's saying, I'm the living bread that came down out of heaven. And then he begins talking about his body as real food and his blood as real drink. And you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And people are going, what? Wait, wait. You know, it sounds like cannibalism. And they'd never heard this before. So this is new stuff. His closest followers were beginning to understand that he spoke like this in parables and metaphors. And so they were probably okay because they believed in him. But then some other people called themselves their disciples. They didn't, they didn't like this. And so when you skip down, and here's the verse this morning, verse 66, 67, and 68 of John chapter 6. It says in John 6, 66, from this time on, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. They left. Then you see the humanity of Jesus in verse 67. He turns to his closest followers and says, you don't want to leave too, do you? And then Peter, who so many times blurted out the wrong thing, nails it this time. He says, verse 68, Lord, to whom shall we go? Now, I don't know if you underline in your Bible or if you highlight on your phone. See, it just doesn't... Anyway. I suggest you, you highlight this on your phone or you underline in your Bible. This question, Lord, to whom shall we go? To whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, Peter said. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. Lord, to whom shall we go? My prayer, as I was thinking about this morning, is that you would not walk out of here today saying, well, that was Carl and Carolyn's last Sunday. 
or that Dave guy is really tall. But you'd walk out of the, here this morning and you'd be thinking, to whom shall we go? Whom shall we go? It's okay. To, he is tall. But I want to say to you, after hearing Jesus, to whom shall we go? Would you go to someone else now with what you know about Jesus? Would you turn away? See, we're, we're tempted to do that, to turn away and no longer follow. And when life gets really hard, we, wanna, we want something that will, quote, meet our need now and make us feel good now. And so we have the same temptation to turn away. And we are wired to go to someone. And if you don't think that's true, just wait until the next crisis in your life. And you will start looking around about who am I going to go to? Who will meet my need now? Who will feed my soul now? Who will bring comfort and peace now? We're wired like this to go to someone. That's why the invitation of Jesus, the gospel, is come to me. Come to me. He said it again and again in so many different ways. Would you now go to Darwin or Plato or Oprah? Would you? <laughs> With what you know now about Jesus, when life gets hard, are you going to go to the mall? Where are you going to go? Where will we go? To whom shall we go? Will I turn within myself for what I really need? Is it true that there is a God within us? And that if we just look deeply enough, we will find within our own self life? Or is that life in him? Is he the bread of life that came down out of heaven? Will I turn to some famous people, person in my time of need? Is it some lover? Is it some attractive person? Is it some brilliant person? Is it science? Is it technology that will meet our deepest needs? Is the answer to what we really need in the world, are you going to find it out there? Is it in the political system? Is, is it in money? Is it in our bank account? Is that where we're going to find life and peace and joy? Is it the pursuit of pleasure, if I could just get enough to make me feel good? Is it about pursuing peace within myself? To whom shall we go? My friends, we shall go to Jesus. We shall go to Jesus. Won't we? And how many times will you go to Jesus? Do you do that just once? And then you're done with the going to Jesus thing? Or isn't it go to Jesus once to get saved and then to come to him again and again and again? This is the gospel, my friends, that he saves sinners and saves those who come to him. But we come to him again and again and again because he is the Holy One of God. Because he is the bread of life. There is the futility of not following him. To whom shall we go if you turn away from Jesus? What do you need now in your life, my friends? This is about a transition, I suppose, for us. But my friend, you're going through transitions too. I know you are. Stuff is changing. Some of you got up just hurting in some place you never hurt before. And you're thinking, what's that about? You know? Or things have happened to you or things are You're watching your kids and your grandkids and you're watching the world and you're watching our nation. And you're thinking, where will we go? To whom shall we go? You think things are going to like even out and get really smooth and without any problems in the next year or so? You think everything's going to be fixed in this world? I don't think so. You're going to have to ask again and again and again, whom shall we go to? God will give you wonderful gifts and give you great blessings. Don't get me wrong. I'm tremendously confident in God's great blessings. But I also know I've got to go to him again and again and again. And when he gives me a blessing, I must go to him again. 
You say, Peter believed and he knew that you are the Holy One of God. You might say, I don't know that I believe and I know. I want to say to you, you need to spend the rest of your days on this planet coming to the place where you believe and you know that he is the Holy One of God. And where someone says, come to Jesus again, you know what he's talking about and you practice it. You do it again and again and again. It's not about going to church. It's not about going to a book. It never has been. It's always been about the one who the book is about. And the one who the church serves. It's about going to Jesus. What are you doing these days, my friends? This is my last shot at you for a while. <laughs> Listen to me. What are you doing now? There are so many things. That, I mean, we're so fragmented and going so many different And we have to. But Jesus is at the very center of every single one of these. He cares about your children now in school. He cares about your life. He cares about your money. He cares about your health. He has something to say to you. And he has things that only he can do. When you are confused, go to Jesus. When you're uncertain, go to Jesus. When you're afraid, go to Jesus. When you are in need, go to Jesus. When you're worried, when you're anxious, go to Jesus. When you're angry, go to Jesus. When you're so tired, go to Jesus. When you do not have the answer, go to Jesus. When, you, when you're just puzzled about life, when you don't understand, go to Jesus. When you do understand, go to Jesus. When you're so delighted and thankful for this blessing, go to Jesus. When things are going well, go to Jesus. When things are going bad, go to Jesus. When you just don't even care, go to Jesus. When you want life, go to Jesus. There isn't anything better than that. I have never said a thing to you that is more important than this. Go to Jesus. In him you will find the riches of God's grace. You will if you go to Jesus. Peter found him to be the very best. And I have too. Have you? Found him? Has he ever failed you? What does the old song say? He never failed me yet. And I don't expect him to. You will discover if you will go to Jesus that one more time, you will find him welcoming and forgiving. You will find him loving you. You will find him changing you. You will find him receiving you just as you are. And then he'll say, now we can change. We can grow. Now follow me. And he will bring new things into your life. And he will bring you together with other of God's people. When you come to Jesus, you come to one another. And then we follow him together. And then he sends us out with what he wants to give to us. My friends, I will go to Jesus until the day I die. And then I will go to Jesus. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you that you have invited us to come to your son. What amazing grace. What incredible love that you would want to meet our deepest needs that you'd give us a foretaste of that here. And that you'd allow us to know your son now. And that you'd give us an understanding of who he is and what he did for us. That you'd allow us to experience forgiveness and grace and glory and strength here. That in our weakness, you'd make us strong. And that you'd take us in our weaknesses and use us anyway for your glory. Thank you, Father, for your great grace. Thank you that you invite us again and again to come to the Son. I pray that people will remember today, go to Jesus.
Go to Jesus. Go to Jesus. In his name, amen.